From the Middle Tennessee Association of Realtors, you're listening to Tenants in Common, a podcast sharing stories, motivation, and insight into the real estate industry. Okay, welcome to the first edition of the MTAR podcast. This is Steve McDonald, and I am sitting in the midst of pretty much greatness. Christopher Wilson, a president for 2022. Hey, Chris. How's it going? So should I call you Christopher or Chris? Chris is good. Okay, all right. So how's the presidential year been so far? Fast. We've already through our first month, and... Got our installation done and just goes by quick. That's what everyone says. It goes by faster than you think. So It does. So how many years have you planned for kind of your leadership helm here at the association? Uh, the process started, I think, 2000, end of 2019 or right at 2019. So a couple, couple years of planning and then this year of doing it. So Good. And you like pushing the business of the association forward? Absolutely. Yeah, it's important. This is uh, this is kind of the first step for helping protect our industry and and helping further our industry. And so, uh, it's kind of one of those things where you don't know until you know how important it actually is. But once you figure it out, uh, you feel an obligation to kind of try to help and and move everything forward. What was that yeah. catalyst for your obli- like feeling obligated? Um, I don't know that it was, and obligated may not be the right word. It, it is really, it becomes somewhat of a desire because if you are passionate, if you truly treat real estate as the career that it is and the potential uh, that everybody who joins real estate has, uh, when you start seeing the threats that are out there to it, which we're seeing exponentially even right now, and you learn about the opportunity to uh, help make it just a better industry to be in, you know, you really feel this drive a lot of times to, to volunteer and everybody of course has different strengths. You know, Robert, uh, uh, was really big with education and, and things like that. And so everyone kind of brings a different, a different thing to the table. Uh, but you want to offer that up and you want to, you want to try to do whatever little part you play in, in making it a better industry for everybody who's a part of it. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was it was really just figuring out that there were things that I liked. I was I was kind of a political guy, and so I loved the government affairs and RPAC side of things, and and getting the opportunity to work in those. And once I got that opportunity, it just became somewhat of a uh, driving force to you know kind of go the next step and see how much more help you know I could be to the association and the career path as a whole. So for someone that's listening to this podcast is thinking, well, how did you get to where you are and where they are in relation to you just being a member? What's your advice for getting them plugged in? It really is about just getting involved. One of the things I tell anybody who asks is there are so many different uh, committees that you can serve on that they, there's a committee for everybody, whatever your passion is. If your passion is, you know, events and, and, that kind of thing, you know, member services, and they handle a lot of those uh, aspects and, and try to bring benefits to the members themselves. If your passion is volunteering and uh, helping, you know, those less fortunate or those in need, you know, community relations is is all about uh, 
working with the community and our members to get activities out there and going. So politics, you have RPAC and government affairs and education. And there's, there's literally something for everybody in our industry. And so what I tell a lot of people is, is guess at one if you have to initially and go visit it. And then if it's not your cup of tea, guess at the next one. You know, but you may be amazed at, at finding out that even something that you wouldn't originally think was a passion of yours can quickly become a passion of yours. So, Okay. Why real estate? What, what made that your cup of tea? Real estate as a whole? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, I tell everybody, it's, and it's an honest to goodness story. I, when I was younger, uh, summer jobs were always construction-based jobs. So when I turned 18, you know, having... Uh, an interest in, in, um, investment properties and different things like that. And I got to a point in the medical field where it wasn't sustainable for me. And my wife was the one who actually said, Hey, you should try real estate. This is something you've kind of always, uh, had an outside, uh, passion for in a different Avenue, but maybe the sales part of it will work. And that's what really triggered it was more, you know, her pushing to, you know, have me try something new and supporting the idea. So that's where it came down to. There's a lot of folks that enter this industry that come from another industry. You said health medical, medical. Yep. Where, what part of the industry did you come from? I worked in both the emergency room uh, and on ambulances. And I worked in the cardiovascular operating room. So mm-hmm. over a 14 year career. Was that here in Tennessee? Uh, very, very small portion of it. Most of it was in Arizona, Arizona and Georgia. Okay. Who's crazier? Georgians or Arizonians? <laughs> uh, when you're in the emergency room, they're all crazy. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. That's a, that's a crazy environment, period. A uh, lot of high energy, of course, because you have a lot on the line um, and some of the best people you'll ever work with. So Is it true what they say about full moons? It brings the crazy out? Yeah, full moons are very busy. And shockingly enough, Monday nights are also very busy. So well, Why Monday nights? We don't know, actually. It, I, you know, we'll, we'll joke about it's the fact that everyone called out sick on Monday and then they need the doctor's note before they go back to work Tuesday. But, <laughs> but, uh, but actually, we no, no real rhyme or reason to it. But for whatever reason, Monday nights end up being a busy night in the emergency room. So would you sign my sick note on Monday? Absolutely not. So. So I've also heard that people should probably stop drinking after 10 and go to bed. Is that... Uh, nothing good happens after midnight. Uh, we we'll usually just say that. Nothing good happens after midnight, so... So you parlayed all of that experience because there is some experience. I mean, you've got uh, dealing with people in stressful situations and systems. Would you say that's benefited you coming into the real estate randomness world? Yeah, actually, I, I felt like for a long time that uh, part of what made me successful in real estate was my time in the medical field. It's actually funny if you read some of the studies out there, they'll tell you uh, buying or selling a house is the most stressful thing you will encounter short of losing an immediate family member. Uh, and so, yeah, you're dealing with people in a high stress situation. Um, you're kind of dealing with a lot of the unknown. Like I, I tell people, I, I gravitate towards uh, lead generation in real estate. And um, a lot of that is because it's very familiar to me to kind of have limited amount of information and just needing to react to what that individual's needs are. So it made it where it was, very um, familiar in a lot of ways, even though you wouldn't equate medical and, and real estate in the same you know kind of realm, but there's a lot of familiarity with a lot of what's done on the work side of it, at least. If you could go back um, 
to when you entered the business, what would you do differently to change your trajectory? Um, it probably would be to seek out uh, the education side of things a little bit more uh, through both the brokerage uh, and, and the association. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, one of the things that a lot of new agents get caught up on is uh, commission splits and, and rightfully so I get that um, aspect because that's your money. That's what you're taking home. But it needs to be more about your return on investment. What are you getting for that commission split? If you are getting, you know, exorbitant amount of education and services and benefits, it really wouldn't matter what your commission split was. And, you know, I like most agents when I first started out went with, you know, a virtual brokerage at the time before they were a big thing like they are now. And, you know, the education was a little lighter. And so a lot of self-learning, a lot of mistakes had to be made to learn from those mistakes and, and things like that. And I probably could have propelled myself a lot faster, a lot further um, if I would have, you know, maybe picked some, a group that had, you know, a greater deal of education. You see a lot of the brokerages now focus on that learning curve and, and that part of the industry. And I think that's a good thing for new agents when they're first starting out. So. I think it's also, it resonates well with a seasoned agent is education is priceless. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can never, uh, honestly, you, it was an, it was kind of a joke even in the medical field is, is the day you stop learning is the day you're probably dying. So, you know, you really should be learning something new every single day. And this being our first podcast, we're taking you listeners, our beautiful listeners out there, on a new journey here. Learning something new today, so. <laughs> That's right. Business-wise, how do you goal set? So I take a, um, I, I read Grant Cardone's 10X book uh, back, I don't know, eight years ago, nine years ago, whatever it was. And one of the things that he said in there, for whatever reason, hit me like a ton of bricks and made a lot of sense. And he said, you know, you set that big, hairy, audacious goal. And so I genuinely sit down and try to set goals that I think are almost unobtainable. And to say, if I do reach that goal, I'm going to have, you know, no time, no energy, no anything left in me. Uh, and it'll be right at the very end of the year. The reason I do it that way, and I think the reason that kind of resonated with me is because I know I'm that type of person, like so many others, who if I set a goal for myself and reach that goal, I'll be the first one to be like, oh, time to kick back, kick the feet up. You know, we accomplished what we tried to accomplish. So by making it something that is much more complex, much more difficult to obtain, I'm less likely to pause and take that break. That being said, when I'm coaching new agents, a lot of that I tell them is you have to know your personality. And if you're one of those ones that get discouraged because you didn't reach a goal and that would that would be a detriment to you, then and you have the ability to continue uh, past that goal once you do reach it, then you may want to do much smaller, more obtainable baby step kind of goals and get those out there uh, to where, you know, you're hitting them and then and then expanding them, hitting them and then expanding them uh, because that for for certain personality types that can give you a um a boost in energy a boost in drive and and that's really important for me it, it wouldn't work with my personality style so i have to kind of have this driving force to go after something big that that very seldom do i reach you know but even by trying to get there i've always done better than i did before so where do you get your satisfaction 
especially coming from an independent contractor. You're a husband, you're a father, um, you're influential here. So where do you give yourself a break and say, huh, oh, you, you did well? Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, actually. Uh, I enjoy, I, you know, I enjoy working. I, I think I enjoy, um, actually the chase of work more than I even enjoy the work itself as far as, you know, going after that kind of those goals and things like that. Um, but it's one of those ones that when that kind of becomes your passion, it's, it's one of those things that you truly look at. I've done a lot of, uh, personal development stuff. That's been kind of one of my things, reading, a lot of those books and things like that. So a lot of my downtime, I'll spend time doing that, listening to Audible, uh, you know, doing those kind of things. Um, my my kids are very active and very involved in all kinds of different stuff. So, you know, trying to be involved with some of that when you can is obviously very, very important. Um, and then just, you know, working on finding the balance. But it's always a matter of trying to improve what you did previously. So, Do you time block? I do. Absolutely. It's one of the most important things that you can do. Okay. What does your time block look like for those that can't see your planner? Do you color code based on activity? No, uh, anybody who's obviously been in real estate more than a few days understands that you know our schedule is so fluid and has to be fluid for a lot of reasons. You never know when you need a call from a client. Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. And uh, it has to be taken care of right away. I have very, I have a few things obviously that are set in stone. So the way I kind of time block is most of my planner is in pencil and it's blocked out based on my perceived need for that, uh, that activity. Uh, although I have a few things that are blocked out in ink and, and to me, it's almost like this significance of that's unchangeable. Obviously if I have something I have to do with my kids or need to do with my kids, whether that's take them to school, pick them up from school, an activity, uh, when my daughters have a dance recital, those things go in pin. They're not changeable. They're non-negotiable. Uh, really, the only other thing that's non-negotiable is my prospecting time. So when I'm when I'm prospecting for business, that's a non-negotiable time. I believe in uh, continuity and and consistency, and and so I have you know a set time block that I uh, will do that. When I was prospecting uh, in a much heavier manner than I am right now, uh, it was always from seven to ten in the morning. And you know, that did not deviate or change or anything. It was every morning, seven to 10 was time blocked out. And people will even ask like, hey, what, you got a client calls and I wanna go see this million dollar listing. Okay, I'm available at 10.30, would that work for you? You know, you have to treat it just like you would an appointment with a client. You're not gonna leave an appointment with a client to go do something else. Why would you leave an important time block to go do something else? So for someone that is just starting in the business, they may think, Wow, but he's president. He prospects. I'm sure he's got a huge sphere of influence. What does your prospecting uh, to-do list look like? I mean, what's your process if you had to share that with someone? Uh, I still work uh, some lead generation. Um, I have a you know lead generation team, so you know I have to practice what I preach in that regard. Uh, I do still do uh, sphere of influence activities, whether that's you know CMA reports for previous buyers or um, our you know, doing postcards, mailers, you know, uh, phone calls to just touch base with people. Uh, those are kind of the bigger activities now. Also, you know, talking to agents and, and you know, trying to help with, with their needs and things like that. Those are all prospecting. So when you have certain activities in real estate, one of the beautiful things about real estate is the ability to diversify so much, but still stay in real estate. Uh, you know, you're prospecting 
activity may change just based on your position at that point in time. So with me, a lot of my prospecting is based around my team and, and what I'm doing with them and to spend time, you know, trying to reach out to them and do things with them uh, to help them succeed as well. So how many people are on your team? Uh, what do we have right now? I think we're at 12 right now. So for those that are listening, they're thinking, well, how do I get onto a team? What is what are some what is some advice that you give? Talk to your broker. Uh, you know, usually your broker is going to know uh who in the office is operating teams, if you don't already know. Um, but speak to them, get, you know, get direction from them or get at least, you know, the contact for who you might would need to talk to next. And then it's usually going to be your uh, team lead, team owner uh, that you'll go and, and meet with. And every team's different. And the kind of cool thing about Middle Tennessee that I found, and one of the things I love is there are some amazing groups who have been around a long time, very decorated uh, teams uh, and all with different companies and all, you know, different styles and they've all been very successful. And so you don't, there's no rhyme or reason or one set way to do it. A lot of ways to skin a cat. So, but yeah, that's where I would start. Just start with your broker. They're going to be able to help you the most. And by skinning a cat, we're actually not skinning a cat. Trying not we're to. We're trying to no. get the folks that are, yeah, we don't want to get. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not, trying to, not trying to get in trouble that way. So, so I think we've covered some, some good points here. So you're kind of a, a big, tall guy. Always, you have a serious look on your face. What really just gets you giggling? Um, I, no, I think, like I tell a lot of people, I love like comedy. I love stand-up comedy. I love that kind of stuff because of the break from reality. The truth is everything we do in life, you know, we have so much reality, if you want to use that term, as far as seriousness that, that hits us in the face every single day right now. And I mean... You, you pretty much have to turn off the news, turn off any kind of, you know, things like that because it'll just depress you if nothing else. Uh, so the break for me a lot of times, I love, you know, watching comedians. I love watching people who are good at making you laugh and, and uh, doing that kind of, that kind of stuff. Um, Who's a clean comedian that you like? <laughs> I like Nate Bargatze. He's, oh, a, yeah. he's an old hickory guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, it, it's funny. I will tell you, I, uh, you know, it's funny to hear the shock. So uh, Bob Saget, of course, who just recently passed, you know, you'd watch grew. I grew up, you see him on full house and you're like, Oh man, you know, he's, he's kind of got that, that sitcom funny, you know, kind of thing. And then I still remember the first time I saw his stand-up act and um, that was not Danny Tanner. No. Um, so uh, <laughs> that, that one, that one didn't quite, uh, quite hit it, but, uh, but no, just in general, like even, you know, you've seen some of the, some of these guys are, you know, went from doing comedy clubs like a Zanies or something like that to they're selling out full arenas. Now you get Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan to show up and all of a sudden it's, you know, waiting list a mile long to get in to see these guys. It's, it's kind of insane how some of that's gone, but I think that just shows you too, that that's what a lot of people are trying to do is get something that just makes them laugh. So what I'm hearing you saying is we could, we're going to be so successful with this podcast series that we're going to be able to go on the road. It's I, just me, you, yeah, you and me, we're on sure, the road. Sure, yeah, uh, that, that, we'll, we'll make that plan. So uh, Driving and crying. The big, hairy, audacious goal. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been a real pleasure, and um, I appreciate your time, Chris. Anything you want to, any last parting shots? No, just the, I mean, the biggest thing is, is if you are listening to this, you know, pay attention to it. This is going to be a, a, an avenue for information. Uh, just like so many things, uh, the staff here at the association has done an amazing job. Um, expanding our um, dissemination of 
activities, plans, information, and this is just an, you know another piece to that puzzle. Um, you know, follow the social media pages. Uh, they're on all of them: Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Um, go in and follow them. That's where information is getting put out. Read the newsletters, listen to the podcast, and we will make sure that you stay as informed as we possibly can about what's going on, what the activities are, and you know how you can be involved and how you can get involved. So obviously, if you have any questions, never hesitate to reach out to the association or the staff. Never, never hesitate to reach out to me. I'm happy to help in any way that I can. So, Okay. Well, you've heard it first. He wants to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to Tenants in Common. Find out more about the association and upcoming events at www.mtar.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MidTN Realtors. Duplication or publication of this podcast is strictly prohibited without the written consent of the Middle Tennessee Association of Realtors. Until next time.